feel like I need to make this pick now. Why? Ooh. Okay, there's, so I, I mean, there's literally no we're reason not on to make Gaskin, this pick. Though, right? We're not on Gaskin. I'm not, but again, you might have an epiphany. Give yourself time to think it through, man. You got six hours. You got six hours. You I'm ain't even let it. You ain't even letting it be <laughs> thirty minutes. You got six hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, don't do Gaskin, man. All right. Even though no. Dak. I didn't break anything, right? This we good? No, no, no. It's good. You can hear me? Yeah. Good. Can't talk about. Okay. Nobody talk about. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so much for using this as the teaser. That's Just beep it out. Just beep it out. Be like, don't talk about beep. Oh no 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 no. And that would be kind of dope, like Kill Bill. Yeah. Or like when like exactly instead of like using her name, nah, like, nah, it was nah, like that's that, that's me. No, we, we not, we not, we not out here trying to troll people. Nah, ain't uh, trolling. Just, yeah, but seriously, just, don't though, do not talk about. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, see, more, sure. more keep, beeping. That's all keep, I see. Sure. More beeping. You gotta keep something close to the best. Okay? Right. I'm still a player. That's all right. That's technically right. why I say I'm not a fantasy analyst. All right. Welcome to First and 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two-time FFPC champion, AB. I'm also here with our dynasty guru, Dio. Guys, I want to jump in and, and I want to talk about a topic that I think is going to get Dio triggered. It's going to trigger Dio. Then we're not doing any news and notes? Okay, let's, no, let's get right no, to no. it. Okay, I want to jump right, right into... Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about the Colts. All right? Okay. I want to talk about the Colts for a second. <laughs> and I know that that's going to trigger you for a second. But I want to talk about specifically Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz arguably has the best offensive line in the league. Right? Yeah, one of the arguably, top, one of the top offensive yeah. lines in the league. For some reason, no one is talking about Carson Wentz having a rebound year, getting back into his 2017 form where he had 33 touchdowns, 2017. seven interceptions. 2017. That is that. One, that is two, a while ago. A but getting ago, back like, into dang, his could, 2017 form, where like he threw a freshman became a senior in that time period, like his sophomore season. No one is talking about <laughs> Carson Wentz having a rebound season. <sighs> With Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, behind that monster offensive line, they have a pretty good defense. That's true. Why aren't we talking about Carson Wentz? And why is he going? I've seen him go as late as the last pick. Oh, and he does not 20- go. He goes nowhere. Yeah. He, he goes, doesn't he's, go on, he's on waivers. He's going I, nowhere. I looked at my last yeah. uh, draft, and he was literally the last pick in the 20th round. I want to say, say 2019, he actually. I think he finishes a top ten QB as well. So I mean, it's not you know we're not that far Did removed. He? Is Carson Wentz undervalued? I mean, that's just how the conversation. You, you, I mean, you can start. Y'all no, know, no, I, no. I don't yeah, like Carson. Yeah. I mean, I okay, think the guys. The public broken. don't know what you. I mean, they need to know. What well, I think the guy's broken. I, I think it, I think he's done. Like I don't really think he has anything left. Oh, you said what? He's done. He's oh, I broken. Think he's, I think he's done. Hmm. I think he's psychologically he. Can no longer perform at the top level in the NFL at the quarterback position. Oh, I mean, you got to think about things that happened with this guy. First of all, last year, the guy, okay, you could talk about how bad his offensive line was, you know, injuries. Everybody has injuries, but 
he 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 was sacked. You know, fifth. Oh no, what am I saying? He was sacked like the, he led the league in sacks last year. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, the, the guy he he also threw an interception in every game of the season except for like three games. So the, what does it mean for him to be playing behind the best offensive line? I mean, in look, the league. So I need to call you out on this one, okay? okay? Because you just said that Carson Wentz was broken. I do believe psychologically. He's I, I believe psychologically he's done. So how can you be a proponent and an advocator for Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers? Mm. Like, there's a disconnect there. Preach. Got him. I mean, preach. No, no, no. Hey, we also, but I also said I wasn't drafting Sam Darnold. I, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't trying to target Sam Darnold in draft. But you feel like he's I just an upgrade. feel like he's an upgrade over Bridgewater. Okay. But I don't feel like Sam Darnold's psychological breakdowns, or let me not even say a psychological breakdown because it's not that. I just feel like Sam Darnold wasn't broken as a quarterback the way. Wentz was last year. I think Darnold was still having growing pains. He was in the gay system where everybody makes the excuse for. I think there's merit to that to some extent. But Darnold still, what, this is going to be his third or fourth year? He's still young. He was still a high draft pick. I think Darnold is still – I mean, we can't even say Darnold has ever really had a good system in place for him to really succeed. The Eagles have had a coach – they have a coach that's a Super Bowl winning coach, came from the the Chiefs – the, I mean, the some Chiefs would call tree. it a cheap Super Bowl, but okay. it, it probably is. I mean, Nick Foles was able to lead that team to Super Bowl, so so it's not. We can't say it's not a quarterback friendly system that he played in. But but again, when I say he's broken, I look at how he performed last season. We can here's the thing: we can talk about what we saw. Again, he led the league in sacks. He threw an interception almost every game of the season, and he was benched. He was benched for a rookie who many people didn't really think was a a a good prospect, but came and actually played well with that same offensive line, the same weapons, the same coaching staff. But here's the biggest thing for me. The Eagles, the Eagles actually traded away cards for nothing. I mean, winter for nothing. And, and when I see teams do stuff like that, the teams see these players in the practices every day. They know what they have. Yeah, but he demanded a trade, I felt like. I feel like he's the one who pushed them. Uh, no, nah, they. He he's the one who I, I don't pushed. Think, I don't think I don't think if Carson dynamic. Wentz didn't ask for a trade, that he would still be on the Eagles today. I think the Eagles were ready to get rid of him. I okay. think that's also part of the reason why the coach was fired. I think there was some kind of disconnect with the front office or whatnot. R- regardless, Wentz was sent away, and he was actually pretty much given away. It sounded like not many other teams wanted him, and the whole time he was available, everybody kept saying the connection was going to likely be the coach because the Colts had. Opening there, the Colts literally had nobody. Rivers retired. Um, so you gonna make me play devil's advocate and be the pro for Carson Wentz? You can <laughs> if you want. I just, I, I mean, I feel like you. I have to. I, don't, I mean, I, I feel, already told you the guy's broken. Like the I feel like you disrespected him a little too much. And we can. Uh, so you mentioned that Sam Darnold's young. Carson Wentz is fairly young himself. Okay? Twenty-eight years old. That's, and he's that's not de- too young. But go and, ahead. And it, well, I mean, as far as being in the league, and he's dealt with a lot of injuries as well. Okay. Okay. We're not that far removed from the 2017 season and the 2019 season where he's performed, I think, fairly well. 2017 okay? was a pretty long time. But that was his MVP almost season, but he got hurt. So. I don't think that you can knock a lot of the issues that the Philadelphia Eagles had last year. The line was huge. It was a massive mm-hmm. issue. It was. It was. Even Miles Sanders on the running back position, I think, was a, was a major was. issue. Them not, having, them not being able to have a balanced attack. And I think that offense really needs a balanced attack. And then his receiving options. Literally all of them 
from his wide receivers to his tight ends, we know he loves throwing to the tight ends, they were all injured. I so mean, you're putting him in a situation but again, where he's not set up to succeed. You say he, they were all injured, but yet you have a rookie that comes in who's not even really getting the he didn't first do, his, The rookie didn't do all that. Right, right. The, right. Rookie the, the, rookie, the rookie ran. The rookie ran. The rookie did what rookies threw, do. He, they run. The rookie threw for more yards in those games than Wins did all season, and he was throwing touchdowns in those games as well. And we're talking about a rookie that wasn't even getting those first team reps in practice. All I'm saying is we can make all these excuses for Wentz all you want. But number one, he was benched for a rookie who the rookie succeeded. And number two, the, the team. The rookie didn't succeed. The t- I, I, I he actually with that. did. Go look at the numbers. Hurst did pretty the, good no, last no, year. Okay, so the but numbers. Again, wait, but what I'm saying is, again, the rookie came in, he performed well. And then the team that had him. See, here's the thing. If a team feels like what they have is still good, like they feel like the reason behind a player's bad season was, not, was out of his control. You know, then they're more likely to keep this player for a longer period of time because they feel like they could fix those mistakes. The offensive line was coming back healthy. His, he was getting weapons. They drafted a receiver early. But this Eagles team basically said, you know what? We don't even want this guy. We're going to take what, what did they end up getting a second or a third? Teams aren't always right. Teams weren't right about Drew Brees. Okay, we can say right. teams are right, but but, but what the I'm saying the Patriots weren't right about Drew but, but, but about Tom Brady last year. Between right. us and the Eagles, who knows more about Wentz? Number one, is, would, is, would is my say, pers- is But my would you person? say the Eagles know more about Wentz than what we no, know? No, I don't trust what they, I don't trust, so, the, so I don't trust that organization. More, you, I, don't, I don't trust them from a so, drafting standpoint. I don't trust them from a, a uh, roster construction but, standpoint. But and you, I don't trust are, them from a player assessment saying, standpoint. You feel like the Eagles organization, the team that sees this guy in practice every day that's been with him since he was drafted, know less about Carson yes. Wentz than what we do. I feel like they're jaded. Than what we do. Number one, number one, Okay. You're trying to pigeonhole me. I won't allow it. I'm not pigeonhole. What I'm saying, what I'm saying <laughs> is a team gave up their... You're saying they gave up. I don't agree with that. You don't, don't think I, they I, gave I up on Carson Wentz? No, I don't, I don't agree with that assessment. I think okay, well, we disagree. Carson yeah. Wentz, Carson, let's be honest. Carson Wentz was in his feelings. Okay? Mm-hmm. He was in his feelings. Mm-hmm. He felt a little bit hurt. And mm-hmm. he was benched, regard, and he played bad. He knows he, know, he knows he played bad, but he felt hurt. He felt like he was that, fran- that franchise's long-term solution at the quarterback position. Okay. They drafted... Jalen, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that made him feel a certain type of way. I don't know about that, but go I ahead. I feel like that made him feel a certain type of way. I mean, that would make any quarterback feel a certain type of way. Right, ask, right. ask him. I mean, ask look, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, look, literally look around the league. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was taken in the middle of the second, but, but go ahead. But yeah, so I feel like he was in this field. So basically, fast forward towards the end of the season, he's looking around at this situation from a standpoint of, I want a second chance. And I think he saw what was going on with the Colts. He probably, you know, I'm assuming these guys, these guys talk. In back channels, mm-hmm. he, he probably got wind that look, you know, it's likely that real, you know, Philip Rivers is not coming back. Uh, Frank okay. Reich is like, you know, look, <laughs> we'll love to have you, and we know that that is who he succeeded under in previous years. That's, you know, that's so, where that's so, where he. So for me, again, I think this is a situation where. I don't want to necessarily say that, yes, you know, I'm expecting this huge bounce back, but I think it's well within the realm of possibilities that he is put in a system that does allow him to succeed. So, Number wait. one, let me finish, let me finish. Okay. Number one, you put any quarterback behind a very good old line, okay, mm-hmm. they're going to have a certain level of success. Maybe. Then you give said quarterback a running game that defenses had to contend against, yep. they're going to have a certain level of success. Maybe. Then you give them positive game scripts. They are going to have a certain level of success, Maybe. and it's my personal belief that he has wide receiver, wide receiving options from okay. you know, you know, from Ty, you know, from uh, you know, uh, 
an O.T. Hilton. An O.T. Hilton. A Paris Campbell that's injury prone. Uh, a Pittman. A Michael Pittman that had an you know, okay season for so, a rookie. But, so, but I mean, you're, you're, but, but you're, wait. So, I think this is where our biz, biggest disconnect is. You think Carson Wentz requested trades from the Eagles, and that's the only reason. I don't think it matters. No, no, I, I, think, it, I think that's the biggest reason why I've. I'm not Carson Wentz. I feel like the team gave up on him. But you feel like the team didn't give up give up on him. You feel like I don't he wanted think, out of Philadelphia, no. which is why he's not there. I think anymore. I think he I think he I think he more so pushed that situation. But I okay. think it, regardless, like we seen this we seen what this team has done in, in previous drafts. Okay, I'm not necessarily I don't think this team is is great at a, you know from a player assessment standpoint. And they had you know and they had Jalen Hurts. So they you know for them they're looking at a situation like you know okay maybe they just want a complete rebuild. Okay, or maybe they want to go in a different direction, maybe. and they have options I, I, to be able to do that. And this is also remember, uh, before all this went down, they were probably one of the major contenders for landing someone like a Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think they looked at it as we have a lot of different outs to where we could either go the rebuild direction, or we could potentially get an upgraded QB, or we could go with someone who's somewhat of a question mark, but we could see what he could do. I, but I, I think I, you. You know, I, 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 think I personally, I, I strongly believe the Eagles were not interested in Carson Wentz being their quarterback anymore. And that's why it leads me to believe everything I'm believing. If that's incorrect, you know, so be it. But I truly feel the Eagles felt like Carson Wentz was no, lo- no longer, is, wait, wait, I, I felt yeah. like he was no longer the quarterback for their future. And number two, I felt like they had a hard time finding another team to take Carson Wentz from them. I don't think the, I don't think Carson no. Wentz wanted to go to a lot of teams. So number one, I, 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 number one, I mean, so if you look around the landscape of the NFL right now, mm-hmm. let's just take a player like Aaron Rodgers. There's not a lot of teams that can take on an Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? So it's not like you know when we say there weren't a lot of teams that wanted Carson Wentz, there weren't a lot of teams that were you know would be in a position to even take on a Carson Wentz. I, I, I think okay? the Panthers could have taken him on. I think but the he, but Broncos could have taken him on. Ideal situation. No, no. But what I'm saying is, and I do not like, feel like. Teams were banging on the Eagles' door to try to attain the services of Carson Wentz. He's coming off I, I, a, a terrible I, year. Of course I, I not. truly feel like, again, the Eagles gave up on him. Yeah. I feel like the rest of the NFL realized he wasn't as great as yeah. they probably thought he was in the past. But I think it, come, it comes and down to this. It comes down to this. We've seen this player succeed before. When put, when put, a long it, time ago, though. That was 2019 long, is not a long time ago. I don't know if he had that great of a season in 2019. 2019 is not, that, is not a long time ago. So we've seen players succeed before, okay? We, or we've seen this player succeed before in the past. So to say that he is just broken and can't do it, I just, I mean, I think, you know, from a standpoint of fantasy, okay, which is really what people care about, you know, you can draft a Carson Wentz. You don't have to. Obviously, he's somebody you can pick up off the waiver. You can draft I mean, in the late, later rounds. But really what it comes down to is, you know, is there value in the, you know, from the skill position players on the Indianapolis Colts you know do are there players that we can find value in or are there players that we want to target uh I think that's really where the question lies when it comes but, to but I Wentz. think if, if you're talking about Wentz from the the stance you're taking as far as he's going to improve because like you were listening out all those things that are in his favor mm-hmm. then Carson Wentz should be a viable fantasy asset in your mind and that's going to take me but, to but my again, next but again topic, though. I don't feel like he is so, but if you are, then I, I think, have to understand why then you're not I'll drafting give a, so I'll give, a, I'll, give a couple, I'll give a couple reasons why I think he is an option. Number one, what division does he play in? The, the AFC South. The AFC South. So that means he gets to play the Texans twice a year. And the Jags He gets to play twice. the Jag twice a year. And he gets to play 
The Titans. The Titans twice, twice a year. A year. Yeah. All yeah. defenses that I'm not concerned about and potentially in shootout situations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he also gets to play the gets to play the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Okay. Outside of the Rams, I'm not terribly, you know, concerned about a lot of players in that division okay. as well. So he's in, you know, he's going to be in some games where he can, you know, potentially put up numbers on some bad defenses or be in games where he's forced to, you know, to, uh, to, to, to either play, play from behind or to, uh, you know, to, to, to get us some garbage time so, in the fourth so quarter. Are so you, are you then basically not telling me you feel like Carson Wentz is a draftable fantasy asset? In best ball formats, yes. I'm but not talking, me, I'm here's not, the thing, though. No. What's the difference between Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill? They are the same quarterback, same talent level. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Totally is disagree going, with that. I, yeah. how, how are they not? If you go and look at their stats, but again, I keep telling y'all my stance on Wentz. I feel like he is broken quarterback. So yeah. with that premise, everything else you're saying. Is not going to register yeah. with me now. Now we thought that same thing about Ryan Tannehill before when he was playing in Miami. I, I didn't think that. Uh, like there are a lot of people who wrote that. him because, off. Because again, what did I say about Darnold? I feel like Darnold's coaching situation was part of the reason why he suffered. I do feel like the Eagles had a good coaching system in place. Some people would some people would disagree. Yeah. So they had a good coach. They had a good coaching system in place for a few years. But what pe- what, I, what I think a lot of NFL pundits. Uh, and people who are close to the Eagles feel that their offense became stale and became stagnant and became very predictable. Maybe, okay? maybe. Also, again, when you lose all of your offensive weapons in your entire offensive line, you're going to have issues. You're going to have issues. Like I said, I, 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 okay, so I don't believe the Eagles have had a, a issue with their offense because, again, we've seen other quarterbacks playing that same offense and succeed. Um, I, I mean, it, you see, you, but, but it's apples and oranges. But, but Jalen Hurts saying, coming into an offense no, behind but, but a bad O line saying, and is very different. I've, I've seen I've seen players in this system succeed, and I've seen Wentz fail. I've seen players with Adam Gates. I mean, you just brought up Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill and Darnold both had the same coach, Adam Gates, and Adam Gates has been the poster child of the coach that basically hinders players' like abilities to some extent. So, so. When you're comparing those two, I have to see these players with better coaching. Ryan Tannehill had a better coach, and look what he was able to do. Darnold's in the same situation. He was in a better situation. Well, and we can see Okay, when I say coach, I mean situation. You can say it's the same okay. thing. The coach put him in that situation. Yeah. I feel like Gase hinders these players. Derrick Henry put him in that yeah. situation. And we can, look, we, can argue, we can argue that him rejoining Frank Wright is going to a much better situation. This is a... A coach that he succeeded with in the past this is a coach that typically draws up a very good, you know, game plan and scheme players open. I think it, I, 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 I think it makes the game easier. He makes the game easier for quarterbacks in general. He's also going to a situation where I think he has better weapons. And again, his offensive line compared to last year's offensive line that was, you know, just completely just dismantled due to injuries is in a much better situation. Mm-hmm. I so mean, I, again, if that's y'all's premise, okay. But I just don't believe that. So because I don't believe that, I cannot draft Carson Wentz. But if y'all believe what y'all are saying, Carson Wentz should be being drafted. And he probably should be being drafted around right now. That I I disagree with. That I disagree with. Because I think just because I feel like a a quarterback can succeed on an NFL label, on an NFL level, and that he can, you know, allow his skilled position players, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends to succeed from a fantasy standpoint does not mean that that equates to that quarterback being fantasy viable. There well, are plenty well, of situations where I will draft players, you know, look at the Atlanta Falcons. 
I'm fine drafting Calvin Ridley. We all are fine drafting Calvin Ridley, right? But how many shares of Matt Ryan do we all have? But, but, but I guess where I'm coming from is you're speaking from Carson Wentz as if he has all these things in his favor. He, he has does a, have a lot he has a, to improve on what he did last year. For he, us not he to has, he has an improved offensive line. He has an improved system. He has an improved um, uh, uh, weapons. If he has all these improvements in y'all's eyes, mm-hmm. I don't also see why that doesn't equate to having a successful fantasy season. Because, because for me, he does not run enough. If my quarterback does not run, sorry to be discriminatory, if you don't run, I don't want you on my team. Okay? See, but that's the thing. You guys are drafting Tannehill, though, and and he has the same running stats as Ryan Tannehill. Last season in 12 games, he had five touchdowns and 276 yards. I I think five touchdowns is a little bit of an outlier. But Chris, he has seven touchdowns, by the way. But Chris... I like Tannehill in his Tannehill system. Tannehill had seven touchdowns. Okay, I, I like. Yeah, that's well, he's, he's talking about. He's talking about Wentz, right? Wentz. But, but I like Tannehill in his system, so that's why I am going to vouch for Tannehill. I think Wentz is broken. I, I truly feel like Wentz is not a good quarterback anymore. Okay, so that's right. that's a subjective point. But I will say that the, the five touchdowns from Wentz was an outlier. Okay, because if you go back and look at his previous seasons. I don't think he scored any more than two touchdowns per year. Wentz, I feel like, used to be a running quarterback. He, he runs to, run to some amount. degree, but not enough for me to, you know, put him in that label of a of a running quarterback. Okay. Last year was Ryan Tannehill's career year. At no year prior to that had he thrown 33 I mean, touchdowns and seven interceptions. Tannehill had this season the year before because remember yeah, they extended But him. this was the most touchdowns, touchdown to interception ratio he had, he had ever thrown yeah, he, in his I mean, career. He did better. He, 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 a better he did better, he but, but, but he was doing – so Pretty why well can't we see Carson Wentz being in a I better a system and doing point. better because, because he has a better this is the thing. This is the thing with Tannehill, too. You know, the issue, I think the main reason that people weren't drafting him last year is because they felt like he was too efficient. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe it. Uh, but to me, it was really the system, okay? So that Arthur Smith, again, you know, I'm a big proponent of offensive coordinators who put their players in position to succeed. And I felt like that's what he did. So as long, so there was a constant last year. I'm still high on Tannehill, but I feel like there's more of a risk this year, even with the addition of Julio Jones, given that Arthur Smith is gone. I don't think we can just necessarily assume that the pay, play call is going to be the same. Uh, I think the one thing that kind of pushes me over on the edge is that we've talked about their defense maybe not being as good, mm-hmm. uh, them being a little bit more shootout. And then obviously, you know, yes, adding in Julio Jones uh, maybe makes things a little bit easier. But I love what Arthur Smith allowed him to do at the goal line with teams sort of kind of loading the box mm-hmm. near the goal line inside the five trying to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, Tannehill was just walking in for TDs. I mean, they were – so I, I think that component of, the, of their offense will stay. So I, I think he's a bet for five-plus TDs again. And just year. to kind of stay on the, the Tannehill tangent, for me, I, I like Tannehill because, I mean, a few small little factors. Number one, they, they ran probably the most out of anybody in the whole NFL last season. Mm-hmm. So if you were to think just to kind of revert slightly to the me to some extent, he's probably going to pass a little bit more. Especially, I mean, we are talking about he has a new coordinator or a new coach. Mm-hmm. I would think they wouldn't run as much. I mean, they might. But, you know, if you were a betting man, you'd probably say they pass a little bit more. He has better weapons this this season. Um, everybody's talking about Julio, but they actually brought in Josh Reynolds, who, who has a little bit of talent, and they, mm-hmm. they drafted a rookie. They actually traded up for Um And I feel like... Everybody knows I love A.J. Brown. We all he's know gonna, that you gonna, love A.J. Brown. I feel like he's going to improve. He's <laughs> yeah. going into year three. Oh, Ferkshire plug. Man, don't sleep on Ferkshire, okay? He's going super, super late Okay, right we now. can even add Ferkshire. We yeah, can, he's going super, super late right now. So, so Man, these, don't sleep on Ferkshire. All these things don't together, I feel like, are going to culminate <laughs> to Ryan T- Tannehill 
having success. And Tannehill is not somebody you're drafting early anyways. Right. But right. we're not talking fair. about a player we're drafting yeah. within that, that early tier. We're talking about a player that you can possibly get yeah. mid to late, you know? Yeah. All right, we talk, we talk a lot about Colts. We, 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 we talked about we the Colts way we're not, too Yeah, late. we're not drafting any of the Colts wide receivers. I will say this, though, okay? Because mm-hmm. uh, I just started – I just started – uh, or just <laughs> I just started drafting in my first main event. Main event, yep. Okay, uh, land at the eleven spot. It is what it was, you know. Was not expecting Jonathan Taylor to fall to me. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, he's literally. I'm finding out now my eleventh ranked player. I think I've talked in the past about how I'm not high on Jonathan Taylor up to this point I've had zero shares mm-hmm. uh, and so I actually just landed my first share uh, and now you love Jonathan Taylor I don't love Jonathan Taylor but let me <laughs> <laughs> let me say this while we're still on the Colts <laughs> let me say this while we're on the Colts okay okay so we've talked about it when you're on the clock you know yeah, you yeah. Gotta, we did talk you about gotta, this you know you gotta really decide who you want you know you may say I don't like this player and then that player falls yeah, to those you. rankings yeah. go out the window those rankings go yeah. out the window so the one advantage I mean I, and now this is you know this is I, I hate slow drafts but this is the one advantage of slow drafts is that you get to take some time and think mm-hmm. put some thought into your picks uh, and so I went back and looked at Jonathan Taylor and I'm not gonna get into a bunch of stats and things like that but I like his situation. Mm-hmm. And because I don't think Carson Wentz is broken, mm-hmm. I'm now more comfortable drafting him. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, we know, is not really a check down quarterback. Okay. And that's very different than Rivers. Rivers. But yeah. that's also very different than, you know, I don't want to equate check down to a running back running a route mm-hmm. and being the first, second, or third option in a passing tree. Okay. Check down to me is last resort. Mm-hmm. Or I got to get the ball out quick. Let me check it down. Okay, so Carson Wentz, you know, we've seen historically he's not been a check down. But that doesn't mean that these running backs aren't going to be schemed or be running routes where they are the first, second, or third option. Okay, yeah. we've seen this offense, you know, being, you know, we've seen this as a scheme offense in the past. Right. So I think, you know, we're looking at 30, 40, high end, potentially 50. I mean, that's in this realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. What, Receptions? Targets? Receptions? Receptions. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think 30 receptions – it's his floor. I, Let I me ask you this then. I honestly believe that. But I think 250 plus, easy as far as from mm-hmm. a carry standpoint, mm-hmm. is his floor as far as carries. Great offensive line. We mm-hmm. know he is a beast. Okay, right. Nick Chubb light for right now. Mm-hmm. But it's what we're going to see at the goal line. Because in my mind, they have nobody that's going to be able to score at the goal line. Carson Wentz, there's, there's no, there's no threat fair. at yeah. the goal line mm-hmm. that they have. Let me ask you it's going to be Jonathan Taylor all day, in my opinion. Yeah. How many targets – how do you see Naheem Hines being involved with the offense? I still see Naheem Hines being involved in the offense. I don't think that that's going to change. No, but, no, I'm saying when you, when you said the targets or yeah. the receptions, how many – give me I mean, a percentage. Naheem, so I think Naheem Hines had about, I want to say, 70 receptions last year. Maybe 70 receptions or, you know. You feel like that comes down? I feel like it comes down a tad bit, but I don't think that it needs to come down a significant amount for Jonathan Taylor to not end up as a top How many? How many receptions did Jonathan Taylor get last year? I don't know. Let's look it up. I want to say he had about 30 receptions. Okay, so you think he's going to almost double that. Well, let's remember, he started off very slow. He did. Okay, Okay. and then they were also working in Wilkins. 
for okay. a significant amount. Mm-hmm. Do you think Marlon Mack is going to have any effect on that backfield? I, 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 Marlon Mack is coming. He's an old running back coming <laughs> off an Achilles. He's I not can, that old though. He was a rookie like three, four years ago, right? He's coming off an Achilles. He is coming out for brutal injury. I will say for that for running back. When we, yeah. we, we talk about but, old. But, we're but do you think? Do you think the coach is just going to bury back. him down the depth chart like they're not going to utilize no. him, or do you think he's going to get snaps? Look, this is 2021. Okay, the idea that a running back is going to come in and get 100 percent of the work. Does not happen. Right. Okay. So, like, you know, for any time someone brings up that argument, just immediately go and look at the 2020 game logs, you know, the season stats, and, and you can see how many running backs were involved. Nobody gets 100% of the, the workload. Nobody gets 90% of the workload. That's just unheard of. So, you of think they're going to sprinkle Mac in a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. You don't, you're not going to take, again, these, the Colts are contenders. Okay, you're not going to be sprinkling in a guy that's coming off an Achilles. To me, that was a courtesy signing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He wasn't going to get signed anywhere else. Okay. Yeah. I, I, he may not even make the team. We don't even know. That he's I, make the I team. don't know if I see Jonathan Taylor getting that many receptions. I do feel like they're going to utilize. I, I think last year. How many receptions did he have? Let's see. Jonathan Taylor had 36 receptions, 299 okay. yards. So I, I think they. I think last year kind of opened their eyes to what they had in Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they realized. How great of a player he can be, especially in the he passing game. He filled in well, yeah. Because there was a, a two, three game stretch where he was like dominating. I think there was one game on a on a primetime yeah. night Thursday, where he just went crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And, and I think I recall, I'm, I, this I might be making this up, but I, I think I recall hearing something about other running backs maybe trying to get in the game, but they were like, "Hi, and stay out there because you're doing so well." I think it was his birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think they kind of. Or well, he kind of just opened their eyes like, whoa, this guy has a lot more talent, and we probably should utilize him more than what we've been done in the past. And if that happens, I mean, is so Jonathan you, Taylor So you, you, mm-hmm. you can bring up that fact, but then let's look at the rest of the season. Let's look at the playoffs. When it really counted, when you were like, we need to lean on someone, when it mm-hmm. really counted, right. it was Jonathan Taylor that was out there. I got you. So I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, from a carry standpoint and a TD standpoint, and we added in the reception standpoint. No, right. I mean, I, I get that. I get that. But, number one, I don't think teams actually approach a playoff game the same way as they do regular season, especially not considering that we have a longer season. They might utilize more backs. And, number two, I, I, I do feel like it's gameplay dependent. Yeah. Like, if you see a team that you can expose them with their running back catching passes, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're going to be using Taylor in that aspect. They might say, Hines, get out there because we know yeah. we can utilize your strength. So, so I don't know. Now, if, if Taylor... If I find out, and obviously there's no way I'm truly going to find out, I can't predict the future, but if we were able to find out that Taylor is going to get the type of reception you're speaking of, it's, then Taylor might be a, but a let's value put it, right But that, let's put it like this. Naheem, to me, Naheem Hines maxed out what Naheem Hines was last year. 70 I don't receptions. know, though. Let's listen, 70 receptions, okay? So you can have a max Naheem Hines. You can have a Naheem Hines really dominating the touches. Maybe check that. I don't know. If it's 63 receptions, man. Like, that's a lot seven. for, for okay, a running but back. Even, but even, even with that, yeah. Jonathan Taylor still had 36 receptions. Right. Even right. with but, that, but, but, even right. starting off slow. Right. But even having Wilkins checked in. So, I don't – you can get, you can still have that Naheem Hines production from last year mm-hmm. and still have but, him but end that's up being a top I'm five saying. back. I don't think mm-hmm. they utilize Hines – as well as they potentially could last year because he wasn't, getting, he wasn't getting the type of work all season. This is he, my strong belief when it comes to these pass-catching running backs. If, you are having, if your offense is run through just having a lot of dump-offs to your running backs, it is not a good or efficient offense. No, Teams don't want to do that. No, no, Teams I'm not saying, do I'm that. not saying that's going to be their offense. What I'm saying is I think there was a, a point in last season where the Colts realized 
how good of a running back they had in Hines, and it kind of changed their 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 outlook on what I disagree because how much we, they we, use Hines. because we saw Jonathan Taylor finish the year very very strong. So if, if if that was the case, then we would have saw less Jonathan Taylor. And we would have saw more Naheem. No, Hines. no, I'm not, I'm not Jonathan saying, Taylor finished the year very very I, strong. I'm not saying they they felt like they should give more to Hines. I'm just saying they uh, he he showed them something that they had that they didn't realize they had. That's that's all I'm saying. I, mean, I think they know because, what they had. Prior, prior to that game, Hines wasn't being utilized. The but way we've seen he years. Utilized. We've seen we've seen years past where Hines is he's caught he's caught a lot. Of no, balls. he's always caught passes. But last year, and you don't quote me on this, but I feel like last year was his best year by far. He had he had one or two stellar games, and he had a couple games where he just kind right. of right. And he never down. in the past has had these type of stellar games, from what yeah. I recall. So so all I'm saying is, and also don't don't discredit the 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 thought process that a team does implement their offense in the off season and when the season starts they're really just more so doing what they've been practicing prior to the season now with the whole off season to kind of prepare i mean i don't know all i'm saying is Hines showed yeah. quite a bit last year yeah. and i don't want to just totally just say you and know I'm not. forget that so and i'm not i'm like so that this is this is my thought process with Jonathan Taylor because my entire Approach to Taylor before this was the concern for Naheem Hines. That was my and and our and I think so. What you I, had a concern for him yeah, a little bit. And I think what my issue was is that I was bringing forth our concerns that we had with him last year while we weren't drafting him last year because it wasn't just Hines; it was also Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. This year, I'm not concerned whatsoever with Marlon Mack. This year, I think he can dominate the carries, and I think with that O line, he's going to dominate the goal line work. Okay. So do you add that in and then the fact that he got 36 receptions even after starting the year off very very slowly okay. as a rookie with no offseason? This dude has potential. So I think okay. at the you know I, I, in terms of where how highly I have him ranked, that's I don't know. I, that's actually but, exactly what I was going to ask you. But do you 11? have him, do you have him over Zeke right now? I don't have him over Zeke right now. No. Okay. No. Do you have him over Acres? I would assume yes. Yes. Okay. I, and actually, what about Acres? I didn't realize this and you know and you know up until, you know, I think a few weeks ago, I'm not high on Akers. Okay. So you have I'm trying to think who else goes right after Zeke. I guess it's Zeke and then Taylor. Pretty much, yeah. And okay. I got and you. In, in this draft, I think I want to so say Tyre, I want to say Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill went uh, ahead of uh went before the 11th spot. So so you would have preferred Tyreek over Taylor then. Questionable, questionable. You know, I, I love starting off running back. So okay. I think it may have been the thought process where I was kind of deciding. But so, so for you, Taylor is the last running back in that first tier. Yeah, I, I, I don't even is. know if you want to say it's the first tier because T Mac might be in a tier in his own and maybe Cook. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that second tier, you would say John Taylor's your, yeah. your last. Okay, and, 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 and again, this may be a situation where it may rise because remember, before I think I remember immediately it may after rise? last year. Oh, okay, yeah, immediately after last year. Mm-hmm. My initial thought or uh, projection for Jonathan Taylor was that I was going to be drafting him number three overall. Oh, wow. That's initially where I was on him. Wow. And Good. then I just sort of kind of cooled down a lot. <laughs> wow. And I, don't wow. Know if it, I don't know what it was. I cooled down a lot. He but was after kind of diving back in, remember, I don't know, for me, it's, my initial gut is always the, is where I end up. Mm-hmm. I may circle back around, but it's almost all, my initial gut is almost always where I end up. You want to know why you right soured on him? Say what? You want to know why you soured on him? Why? Because you discounted Carson Wentz coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like I how w- you did that. Okay. <laughs> I want to move to our next topic. I yeah. want to stay on the topic of quarterbacks, though. I want to talk about the Saints for a second. Okay. Listen, Alvin Kamara <gasps> is okay. often going – 
Number two, number three in drafts. No, he's not, going not number two. two. Not number he's two. Not number, not number two. three. He's like number four or five. Alvin Kamara? Yeah. yeah four, five, Dalvin, four or five. Or CMC. I, I forgot Dalvin Cook. Then anywhere from Kelsey. Maybe, maybe the third, Alvin but Kamara. really it's more yeah. four, five, right, right, six. Right, right. Yeah, maybe right, right. even seven. I always forget about Dalvin Cook, maybe because yeah. I'm selling him on this current season, but that's a whole other topic. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about Alvin Kamara for a second. Uh-huh. Which quarterback do you think is going to help Calvin? Alvin Kamara repeat last year's stats. You want What's the best no, quarterback for the Saints? You want me to go first? Go ahead. <laughs> he wants to set you up so that he can. I know. He's trying to set me up. I know exactly where he's going. Hey, you I'm always want a rebuttal. Why can't you go I'm first sometimes? I'm just sitting over here listening to the question. <laughs> okay, go ahead, okay. man. I see. Put your phone away. Don't be taking notes while I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I don't think it matters. Okay. No, come on. It does not matter. I I don't think it matters. Okay. And I'm going to start the topic off with this. (sighs) The idea that the community thinks that Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston and their style of play is going to dictate what the Saints offense is going to be and is ultimately going to lead Sean Payton from going away from his best players is laughable to me. Name what are the who are the who are the Saints' two best offensive players? Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And then who's after that? One, two, three. I'm mm. counting. The, I'm counting the second. Oh, dead know, silence. You you know, who's here, three after that? You know I, just, I can go in. Who's three after that? Traquan. Traquan Smith. Traquan okay. Smith. Yeah, Latavius Murray. Adam Troutman. Okay. Marquez Callaway. Exactly. You naming a bunch of guys that you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but guys, you guys, you, got guys that you are drafted before round eighteen. You right. Know, I'm exactly. Not even drafting. Them, and you're ahead. not even drafting. Them. Exactly. No. So, draft trauma though. But go ahead. Okay. This is still a great O line. Okay. Still a great O line. Sean Payton. If we're gonna rank offensive minds in the NFL, whether you like him or not, you're gonna put him near the top tier. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're gonna put him near the top tier. This offense has historically, historically targeted their running backs. And this is not, I don't want to hear, again, I, 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 set this, I, I set this seat up earlier, okay? A dump off is very different than a running back actually running routes and being schemed open or being schemed to where he is lined up against a safety or a linebacker. That's what this offense does. It puts its running backs against players who cannot guard them. Okay, so this isn't a situation where Alvin Kamara Kamara was, you know, getting a bunch of dump offs. And that's why he's always had 80 receptions a year. No, he gets 80 receptions a year because Sean Payton knows this is literally his best player. And we have to figure out ways to get him the ball. That's not what I'm worried about, though. Dial, please, please jump in. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? Please, please. I mean, I'm not done. I'm just saying I don't want to wait. Wait, wait. Five minutes talking because I got plenty. I'm not worried about the schemed passes for Kamara. Dial, please jump in and add some sanity to it. What was his answer? Because the question was Winston or it doesn't matter. It does not matter. How many times do you want me to say it? It doesn't matter. Well, obviously he's wrong. The answer is obviously James Winston. Obviously. How is it James Winston? I mean, how is it James Winston? It's a real. Does he historically. It's a real simple thing. It's a real simple thing. Number one. Out of the two quarterbacks, which one is the threat to actually get goal line rushing? Exactly. I mean, just that simple. Exactly. Okay. Out of, out of those two quarterbacks, let me, let me let me interject. Let me interject. You know why that this is this is why I say it doesn't matter. Okay. When Drew Brees, Hall of Famer Drew Brees, mm-hmm. Super Bowl winner Drew Brees, was running the Saints offense, mm-hmm. guess who would sometimes come in on the goal line? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Right. So if Jameis Winston is at the goal line, 
Guess who's probably coming into the goal line? Taysom Hill. Okay, okay. So, so are you that's right? why I say right. it doesn't matter. No, wait, that's wait. why I say it doesn't matter. You're right. He might come in, but if he's actually the quarterback on the field, he's already in. Right. <laughs> he doesn't need to have anything skinny. He can literally, first of all, he can literally have a play run where he runs the ball, or he can have a play breakdown where, you know, where he's like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to run the ball in. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a, a play where he wants to pass the ball and he sees, you know what, I could just run the ball in. <laughs> All those things could happen. Now, the question was, which out of the two quarterbacks was the better option for Kamara? And like I said, with one of them, you obviously get the threat of taking goal line rushing work away. Like, that's obvious. The second thing is, last year we saw Taysom Hill as the quarterback for the Saints mm-hmm. in a starting role. Okay. And besides, I think, one game... Camaro was not getting the type of work we were okay, accustomed let me, to. Let me, let me get into that. Let's get oh, into wait, that. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. Let's get into that. Can, because... I finish, can I finish my thought, though? <sighs> Let's go. <laughs> Camaro was not getting the type of work we were accustomed to seeing Camaro get up to that point. So I'm not going to say the offense truly changed. What I am going to say is for one reason or another, Taysom Hill depressed Camaro's Receiving potential. Now, I don't know if it's due to Taysom Hill himself not being that type of quarterback. I know they always say Russian quarterbacks tend to not throw it to their running backs as much. Or maybe Taysom Hill wanted to be a little bit more more aggressive. You know, I, I don't know what it was. All I know is for what played out last year, Kamara's numbers didn't look the same once Breeze left compared to when... Breeze was still there. All right, can I speak on that? No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. All right. So, Drew Breeze got injured week 10. They were playing the San Francisco 49ers. He only threw for about 60, 70 yards that game. Mm-hmm. Kamara had eight targets and seven receptions. He ended up scoring about 25 fancy points that game. Okay? Okay. Now, Winston replaced Breeze that game. The following game, obviously, everything was kind of kept secret, and then we found out last minute that Taysom Hill was starting. Right. Now, remember, this is Taysom Hill's first start at quarterback. Now, I know he's played the quarterback position in the past. I get that. But this is the first time where his sole, responsi- his sole responsibility yeah. was not tight end, not special teams. He's not off, you know, you know practicing with different components of the team, uh, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, the special teams or the tight ends group or et cetera. He's solely focused on playing quarterback. I and agree. it's his first start. Mm-hmm. They played the Atlanta Falcons. And for the most part, they were in control of that game. And, yes, we saw – let me make sure I get this right. Let me make sure I get this got right. got some notes available, okay. We saw basically one target for Kamara, and I think he had no receptions that game, okay? Put up about 10 fantasy points. So, obviously, a very, you know, a tough, tough game. But, again, this is Taysom Hill's first game. We can go with the narrative that likely Sean Payton had a very limited playbook, mm-hmm. okay? You're playing a soft component. Uh, you're playing a soft opponent. You're not going to go in and just throw the ball and put your quarterback in a position where he's having a lot of turnovers, okay? Let's fast forward to the next game. This is the Denver game, mm-hmm. okay? The Kendall so, Hinton game. Yeah, the Kendall Hinton game. Yeah. I'm glad you – who's Kendall Hinton? Ken, the wide receiver. Right, right. The practice squad wide receiver. Practice squad yeah. wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. For who? 
The Broncos. Okay, and what, what what happened? What happened that game? I, I don't remember. It was terrible. The practice squad wide receiver was the starting quarterback. I got you. Okay. I, start, I started this dude in one of my leagues too, man. Like, ugh. yeah, mistake. <laughs> so me too. Actually, so, I like, come on. So let's do, so let's keep that in mind. Point, okay, bro. so let's keep he that did. in mind he because did. during this week, Kamara only had two targets, one reception, and this was one of his lower fantasy output of the year. He had six points. Now, keep in mind, the Saints won this game thirty-one to three. What do you think their game plan was? Knowing you're a playoff team, knowing. A uh, practice squad wide receiver is your is the opponent's starting quarterback. What do you think they, their plan was? Their plan was to give Kamara likely rest and let Latavius just run. Let him and Taysom sounds Hill like a, run. Okay, sounds like a bunch of excuses. No, let's no, let's keep going. This is important. This is important because when finish. people bring go up ahead. stats, no, 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 when go ahead. bring up stats right. about Kamara and he didn't have that many targets, he didn't have that many receptions. You have to put it in context. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You right in the context. You right. You have to put it okay. in context. Go ahead. So next game, Atlanta again. Soft opponent, three targets, two receptions, pretty much for the most part in control of that game. Still put up 17, close to 18 fancy points. Right. Okay. Now, this is the last game. Okay. So if you're going to tell me that Taysom Hill does not throw to his running backs and you're going to give me all these stats and not take into account his first start, not taking into account the Kendall Hilton, Hinton game, then you cannot leave out the very last game that he played. This game that theoretically he's the most comfortable in, the game that theoretically the playbook has been the most open to him, where he targeted Kamara 10 times. That's double-digit targets. Kamara caught seven passes in that game and ended up putting up 22 fantasy points against the Philadelphia Eagles. Keep in mind they also lost this game, okay? So, I mean, we're not going to get into the Saints preview, but I think we could be looking at a Saints defense that is nowhere near as good as it was last year. And I feel like they're going to be in a lot more competitive games this year where they're just not going to be outright, you know, leading by, you know, 10 plus points in the fourth quarter where they're going to be able to sit on the ball. Uh, So I think there's a setup here where do we see he's going to have TD regression. Nobody scores 16 TDs routinely at that size on the amount of carries that he had. He had five TDs in a game. I mean, of all people, I know he had five TDs. (laughs) And he should have had six. Let's be honest. He should have had six. Yeah, but take some hills, throw that one. Go ahead. But go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Good point. Good point. (laughs) But that's the thing is, like, he scores TDs. He catches the ball. He's a major focus for that offense. He's almost always in the red zone. So he's in position to succeed. So my thing with Kamara is not that I have him ranked number two or even, you know, in terms of taking him number three or four overall in like an FFPC format. My thing is that, like, don't be scared to, like, take the, the dip or the value. There, if you had that sixth, seventh pick and Kamara's there – don't don't be concerned. Don't be scared. You got the six seven pick. You need to draft Kamara. Like, exactly. Yeah. Why is Kamara exactly. falling to the six seven? So, but we're hearing things but, but, but like again, Eckler. We're hearing things like Eckler take Eckler ahead of him. No, Eckler, no, no, no. We need to discuss Eckler one, one day. We need to do an Eckler discussion. We need to do a whole Chargers upset. Yeah, whole Chargers. I got whole Chargers team with the defense too. Oh, because we 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 disagree on that. But but I mean, I hear you. I I I totally hear you. And I did say that he did have one good game in that span. I didn't, yeah. I didn't totally discredit that. All I'm saying is if, if, if gun to my head and they said, Deo, these are your two options. Dramatic. Pick one. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> it's getting dark in here. You know what I'm saying? 
Man, but hell, we do Dale, not pick one of these quarterbacks <laughs> to start this game because we need Kamara to to go off. I just I, I don't see how Winston isn't the choice. That's all I'm saying. Now I'm not saying Kamara can't succeed with Taysom because if I truly felt that way, I probably wouldn't be yeah. drafting Kamara. As high as I, I am taking yeah. him now, because I'd have to hedge to some extent. Yeah. And I think for me, most of this discussion was not necessarily on like where we were in Kamara, because Kamara's not making it out of the first round. I think most people are. My dis, my discussion around this was, is more so the idea that you know this offense is going to drastically change, or that Taysom or that uh, Jameis Winston is going to come now, in. I, I will and start say this. The ball I deep. will say this. That it's not the same offense. Right. He's not I, playing I'll, in the dirt cutter offense. I'll He's say not this, playing. Though. I'll say this. I, I do feel like the offense isn't going to be the exact same because I... I there'll be some changes. I, I yeah, feel be, like yeah. Breeze, Breeze was having a... His arm wasn't as strong as it was in the Absolutely. past. Absolutely. And he was probably dumping it off or throwing shorter passes more so than he was in Agreed. his younger years. Agree. So with a different quarterback, both Taysom Hill and Winston, I'm not saying they're young you know, spring chickens, but they, they still... I feel like they still have their arm strength. Yeah. I don't feel like they're going to have a need to really dump off or throw short passes as much as Breeze. So, so I, I definitely don't feel like Kamara. I think that helps him. I think that helps him. I think there were so many games where teams really zeroed in, knowing that Breeze. All those games that we saw, we saw Breeze struggle. They were playing against defenses that realized that he couldn't throw the ball down the field. Yeah, but but also part of that reason might have also been because he didn't have Michael Thomas all season. I mean, he literally yeah. only had one weapon yeah. on the field. Yeah. You know, it, it was yeah. like right. you said, it, MT being gone. Yeah. Even though MT was gone, all the other yeah. receivers, we still didn't even know who they were, and it was really just Kamara, yeah. and they were still succeeding. Did they yeah. win the division with so, that? The, yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest takeaway. So yeah. The biggest takeaway. Have faith in Sean Payton. In Sean Payton. Have faith that he's going to choose the the, the best quarterback for his offense. Right. Have faith that this offense is going to have, look a lot like it looked in the past. Okay, okay, wait. And maybe improved. Okay, wait. Now wait, that wait, we've wait. added in the... So, we, we talked about Kamara. Yeah. What about Michael Thomas? Which quarterback, out of the two quarterbacks, Winston and Taysom Hill, do we prefer for Michael Thomas? I mean, Michael Thomas may be the biggest sleeper in the draft right now. Stop chill. Chill. Well, Come, Come on, man. <laughs> I ain't finished drafting yet. Come on. Well, you know, we got... We, <laughs> We got a lot that we've kept in the bag. <laughs> right, 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 I got you. I, got I don't you. think anybody's right, surprised, right, but right. I, yeah. And so, you know, when it comes down to like that argument, that argument, yes, we've been talking about Kamara, but that argument is really for Michael Thomas. I agree. The idea that like I actually agree you know, with it right there mm-hmm. because remember we were drafting this. People were drafting him in like number two, number three. He was overall. the first wide receiver. Yeah. He was yeah. always the first. He, he was the number one wide receiver. Just going now. Yeah. Number one wide receiver. Now you're getting him in the third third round. Round. Mm-hmm. And again, who who's their number three option again? Yeah, that's fair. Trey Two, three. I agree. I agree. And here's the thing, because I was looking at Michael Thomas' uh, stats a little bit as well. Last year, every game he played, he had a, at least eight targets. I want to say mm-hmm. nine targets on every single game he played last Except year. Except that Denver game. The volume is. The I, I don't know if he was even playing. That's that game. an outlier game. Like, I, I, think, I, think, I think. I don't think game. he played. You see how you see how you give him a, you see how you give him a, a mulligan. No, you're right. No, 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 no. You know what? You know what? You're right. You're right. He played. He played, but I still think he got like six targets. Yeah, yeah, he got like six targets. So, so mm-hmm. even when they have a a game plan where they don't even need to throw the ball, he's still getting. Fed targets. I mean, you, that's what I'm telling you. You're not gonna. You don't go away from your best player. Okay. I, I, I think Michael Thomas. Here's another thing about Michael Thomas. He scored no touchdowns last season, so all his points came from hmm. receptions 
in yards. There has to be a Talk touchdown about TD regression. regression. There has to be a yeah. regression. He scored nine touchdowns the year prior, 1,700 yards. Mm-hmm. 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I want to say he had a dude oh. had like almost 150. Didn't we just start a main event? Yeah, and we just drafted Michael Thomas. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No, but uh, one, come on. We've seen this guy put up wide receiver one season. Like, it's not even a thing where we're like saying, can this player do it? Mm-hmm. He's done it. Yeah. You know, when Taysom Hill was a quarterback, Taysom Hill locked in on Michael Thomas. And Taysom Hill literally said, I'm not stupid. You throw it to That's Michael Thomas. That's my best player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You throw it to Michael Thomas. Jameis Winston, we haven't seen too many games as a, the quarterback for the Saints, but yeah. we know when he has a talented court, a receiver, yeah. he force feeds that receiver. Yeah. So with yeah. all that being the case, we've seen it. Yeah. We know any option he's going to probably get that work. Yeah. Why is this man going in the third round? He was hurt last year. Yeah. yeah. Like, are we, do we think he's still hurt? No. All right. Don't don't sell him too hard. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. too hard. I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying. When you start talking about Kamara the quarterback, I start thinking like, yeah. Come don't, on, don't, come don't, on. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't sell him too hard. My bad. All right. All right, guys. So oh, this year we're getting an extra week of football, an extra week of hits, an extra week of fantasy football, but also possibly an extra week of injuries. How is this extra week of football actually affecting how you draft players and who you draft? Okay. So as far as like how it's affecting draft, I mean that's a very complicated central you know uh, discussion, uh, but. I think that it is something that has been very underrated and not talked enough about. I think that extra week is going to I have think people a significant, forgot about it. Yeah, with you. it is going to have a significant impact in so many ways. And how you navigate this extra game, this, uh, you know, 18 week season, how you navigate buys now entering the fantasy playoffs and entering the FFPC and mm-hmm. NFFC tournament. It's going to be very, very tough. But there are a number of different things that have kind of gone through my mind when I've thought about this extra season. You know, the first is, yeah, sorry, sorry, the extra game. The first is what are teams doing to prepare or how are teams approaching and thinking about having an extra game? And I think from a standpoint of uh, the running back position, I think teams are going to go into this season with the thought and the mindset that we can't just run our guys into the ground. I don't think we're going to be seeing running backs coming out and getting 25-plus carries, 30-plus carries in a game. I think we're going to see a lot more, not you know the 50-50 running back by committee, committees, but some 60-40 situations. I think we were going that way anyways. Honestly. And we were heading that way anyways, yeah, we were, but we're I think this is just sort of kind of really put the nail in the coffin. Right. And so the importance of that is just like our Jonathan Taylor discussion earlier – Stop thinking about these guys as just being your, you know, these you know guys. Bell that are, cows. Yeah, courses, bell cows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you know, but the bell cow. You know, the bell mm-hmm. cows are guys right. getting like 90%, 95% of the workload. Stop right. thinking about these guys that are just, you know, traditional bell cows. I think the only bell cow in the league right now may be CMC. Not Derrick Henry? But Derrick Henry, maybe. And Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then to some degree, maybe Dalvin Cook. You know? Yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. with that, yeah. too. So, very, very few. And obviously, those guys go very high. But after that, I mean, you're going to be fighting a situation where the running back that you're drafting is going to be uh, giving up some carries and some touches to to another running back. But 
you know, if the if the if your season starts off with your running back not having as many carries as you would like, go and look at the other running backs and see what they're also doing. Okay, mm-hmm. try not to you know approach things from a biased standpoint of you know someone's not producing on my team. So I think that's very very important. The other thing, obviously, you know, are the buys. Okay. I personally am not taking an approach of, okay, this guy has a bye, you know, during the fantasy playoffs. He's off my teams or I'm adjusting him in my rankings. I think I've personally set along, and I don't think it's a right or wrong answer. I mean, I think there, you know, this, that's a, as I said, this is a very complex discussion. But I'm taking the approach that, okay, that means I get a full season of this player, mm-hmm. okay? And I have a full season to make up or to prepare myself for when he has his bye in the fantasy playoffs. So that means I'm full strength the entire season, ideally, if that player doesn't get injured. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like kind of having, you know, a guy has an early buy and now I'm, you know, searching on waivers and maybe I haven't found a third running back to fill that position. So I think there's a lot of, you know, advantages and disadvantages. But to, for me, you know, as far as that weak buy, I'm, you know, I'm not even <clears throat> bringing up. The last thing for me, uh, and there are others, but this is the last major thing for me is, I have traditionally been someone who is just, for the most part, faded running back or faded uh, rookie running backs and rookie wide receivers. I think there are so many different variables that are in play when it comes to how these players will adjust to coming into the league. Okay, especially last year with COVID. So for me, these guys are typically pushed up boards because of the upside and I think it's more of the upside of the unknown in most situations Mm -hmm. so I've been very comfortable just missing out I don't have FOMO when it comes to the rookie running backs and especially the rookie wide receivers and I still hold some of that you know this year but I feel like with that extra game with an extra week added into the regular season itself I don't feel as compelled to have someone who I feel you know, who's going to be able to, you know, start week one. So I feel more comfortable drafting rookie running backs and rookie wide receivers with the idea that, okay, they can maybe sit on the bench for a game, okay, or I can take a hit that first game. But because I have an extra game to make up for during the season, Mm -hmm. I feel like a little bit more comfortable Mm -hmm. uh, or a little bit more confident in my potential to make the playoffs or or uh, or uh, uh, find myself in the tournament uh, towards the uh, end of the year. So I think, you know, drafting rookies for me this year, I think I've done a lot more than years before because, I, I again, it's just one game, but to me that one game is very significant. Right. Where traditionally you only have, what is it, 11 weeks, 11, 12 weeks in the regular season? 11 weeks. Yeah. So now getting 12 weeks again, just one game, but to me it makes a significant difference. I don't know how many times we've seen ourselves in this situation where start off slow, and then your team just catches fire. You pick up Mike Davis. You pick up Mike Davis mm-hmm. and Gaskin and James yeah, or you're, exactly, exactly. You work that waiver wire because that's how yeah. I, I mean that's and that's how I think that's how life you know yeah. especially football real life or fantasy like you start off hot you think your team is hot shit you know <laughs> yeah. you kind of you may not just be sitting back but you're feeling yeah. very comfortable with your team why make a change mm-hmm. NFL teams probably do that too okay mm-hmm. and then if you're struggling. You're you're probably grinding more. You're hitting the waiver wires more, using more of your waiver uh, your waiver bucks. Right. And NFL teams, from an NFL level, uh, NFL uh, standpoint, are making changes and adjustments because they feel you know they feel like what has what they've been doing has not been working. So, right. so for me again, that extra week, hmm. I think, you know, adds quite a bit. So, um, so when we because we actually kind of slightly brought this up in our group chat last week mm-hmm. and 
when we start talking because honestly, like I said, people probably forgot about it because I'm I'm part of people. I slightly forgot about it, you know. Um definitely didn't take it to account. Um I feel like the tide rises for everything. So regardless, even if I thought about it, everybody had to deal with it. It is what it is. But when we when we brought it up, the first thing I thought to myself was how is that going to affect the regular season in FFPC? You know, because prior when it was 11 seasons, you know, you have 12 teams in every league. Every team is playing every other team once. So the first question I had was, wait, so does that mean you're playing the week one opponent twice? You know, week one and then week 12? Yeah. Um, and then we looked it up and actually what we found was week six mm-hmm. was going to be a different type of week this year in yeah. FFPC. I didn't look at the rest. You know, we kind of focus on FFPC. And basically it's going to be where... All the teams, you're not going to have a specific matchup. All the teams are going to basically play as is, and the top six scoring teams are going to get a win that week. And the mm-hmm. bottom six, obviously, are mm-hmm. going to get an L, you know? Um, and and that, that was kind of interesting because when we were even first talking about I even thought I mentioned, I was like, you know, I wonder if it's going to be week six or seven because that's the week where you, you tend to have a lot of teams on buys. I think week six only has like four teams on buys. Week seven has seven. Um, but those those four teams being on buys, it might hurt you, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit that week, you know, because obviously you're not going to have your top end players. Um, I don't know how that affects my strategy at this moment. I just think it was something significant I need to be aware of. And I like to kind of look for those small little edges. Uh, so I'm just kind of still working my way through that. But that is something I was not aware of. Now, mm-hmm. as far as how it's going to affect drafting, I do think think we need to strongly consider that teams might approach this season similar to the NBA as far as having like a load management type. Don't say that. Type approach. Don't say the word No, 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 seriously. Don't say load management. Okay, this is not an NBA podcast. <laughs> I think teams don't even are put that at, into the universe. <laughs> I think teams are going to look at their players and say, man, we're playing a longer season this year. We already have an issue with injuries in the NFL. And they did that last year. Yeah. Alvin Kamara yeah. against the Denver Broncos. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah. yeah, see, you come back at me. But, uh, <laughs> I think teams are going to say, you know what, we're playing a longer season. I, I, I do believe teams believe in their depth. I don't think teams really look at their backups and say they're trash. I think they feel like they're good enough to to at least utilize in one game or two. You have a, a, a player that plays a rough game, maybe gets nicked up, you know, probably gets a lot of work. You might say that next week. You know what? Sit down, young fella. And we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Running backs who have heavy workloads on Sunday and then come back on play Thursday. Yeah, you can almost Thursday anticipate, night game. Exactly. Almost anticipate they're going to have exactly. a significant Sunday night game. You, you know, in yeah. the past, they probably say, you know, game time decision. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. still try to get them out there. Yeah. Now they might say, you know what? We might be able to win this game with our, yeah. with our backup. So we yeah. might not use them as much. So I do think that's something to consider. And just we know... Football is a game of attrition. Players get hurt. Mm-hmm. We know that. No matter what, players get hurt. It can happen any week. Mm-hmm. You can play, can play 15 weeks straight Facts. and get hurt for the season week 16. Right. And just crush you. Because yes. that guy probably led you all season, you know. Yes. So, so knowing that and knowing the risk of injury has now increased by a game, I don't know how to quantify that in math terms. My approach this year, especially drafting now, is to try to load up on these backup running backs yeah. mm. late in the draft because we don't know what's going to happen. These backup yeah. running backs that have literally no value right now yeah. could be weekly rushing leaders 
come week six. And that's the thing, you know? too. And I think that's a great point. But I want to just add one thing to that. And, man, I'm scared to say this. Or I don't want to say <laughs> we'll it. We'll bleep but it out. No, go ahead. Bleep it out. Yeah, just like we bleeped out the right no. uh, If you're going to draft a backup running back, understand that you're drafting him with very little value. Right? Yeah. So Almost zero. If so not. if you don't feel like you're someone who can hold on to that player for 10-plus weeks, then you may want to consider going elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I understand there's situations happen where you have to let a player go, but with some of these guys, you have to practice patience. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I I think I had Tony Pollard last year, and I only started Tony Pollard I think once the, all season. The playoff. Yeah. I remember. And it was in the fantasy. Yeah. The playoff. one game Zeke finally sat down. The one game he wow. finally sat down, yeah. and I had him. And, and you know what's crazy? That point that you're making. I see people take these flyers late in their drafts and I don't want to say I cringe but I, I kind of think to myself when it is time to start those waiver runs mm-hmm. those are going to be the first players they drop in their waiver runs I don't think people really get that, unless they're expecting a major injury to happen in the preseason or mm-hmm. prior to week mm-hmm. one but once waivers start to kick in you got to let go of somebody right. you know yeah. it ain't going to be your kick on your defense so even if you take your kicker, your defense um, round nineteen and twenty, you're not dropping them. And if you do drop them, you're dropping them for a replacement of the same position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really those picks, eighteen, seventeen, sixteen, just depending on how many waiver pickups you want to yeah. pick, mm-hmm. that you're going to end up dropping. So you have to understand like what you're getting to. If 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 you're going to pick these players up that are flyers late in the draft, if you're going to be patient, like what Abby's saying. You have to understand you can't just drop on week one. And if you are planning on dropping a week one for a waiver pickup, then it's kind of pointless to even pick them up. But doesn't that mean that you like you have to hit on a certain amount of players to be able to hold on to a Tony Pollard, right? Like we say it all the time. Like you, the players you draft in you know rounds three or four, for the most part, are going to pan out. Okay, maybe they don't exceed your expectations. Okay. Maybe some like exceed beyond your expectations, but those are you know, those are pretty straightforward rounds. It's really those mid to later rounds where really you know you make a significant amount of difference. And yes, I think to win you have to hit in those positions, especially in a format like FFPC where you're starting to flex positions. Okay, yeah. that's 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 you know if it was only if it was only the you know the less positions you have to start, the greater. The you know, easier it is to just make sure you hit yeah. on your early picks, and that'd be it. Mm-hmm. And, and the more chance, and the more you know, the less pair or I guess the more parity, maybe I don't know. But I think there's less skill involved. You know, I think the, the more dra- the, the more positional players that are rostered, the more skill that is required. You know, from from a fan as far as who to start and, and sit yeah. with that. I got you. Yeah. But you talked about uh, the flex positions sort of changing the overall scheme and strategy of it all. What positions do you guys like to play in those flex positions? Because I I find myself putting running backs in those positions every single time. That's what because, most people Because they're actually. stable. Yeah. So what positions do you guys tend to play in those flex positions? I mean, I think ideally it's the running back position for me. I think they're uh, less volatile from week to week. But if you're in a situation where – Round six, round seven, you hit on, you know, 
a Stefan Diggs type, you know, a la 2020. Like the champ right here. Then you, you know, then he's in your flex position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you drafted, you know, Devontae Adams and, I don't know, you know, whatever, you know, you know higher end wide receivers. Some wide receivers, you know, you're just not going to sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, you know, that's the thing, you know, just try and, you know, think retroactively. Try to think back to being in the 2020 season. You got Mike Evans on your team. We all like Mike Evans from just a you know player standpoint, a fancy standpoint. Okay, you know fourth, fifth round, whatever. Think back to when he was playing the Saints and when he had to line up against Marshawn Lattimore. And we've all seen the stats, his mm-hmm. stats against Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. You have some serious question marks about whether you even want to start that player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a lot easier for running backs that you can just sort of kind of put them out there. And it's the right type of running back, okay? It's not right. all running backs. It's Correct. the right type of running back. So sometimes you don't have a choice. But for me, yes, ideally, ideally, I, you know, I just get – I luck out and get the best running backs. And I can just – you know, I have a stable floor with high upside as opposed to wide receivers for me who I think are a little bit more volatile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think to some extent this actually could be a, a zero running back conversation. Because mm. that's kind of the approach zero running back players have. They're trying to draft these high-end wide receivers, almost four straight, and basically fill their flex positions with high-end wide receivers and then make up ground later with the running backs. Um, so, I don't know. Me, personally, I feel like I'm okay with all the options. Wide receiver, running back, tight end. I want to go with the option that I feel like is going to score the most points. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, really, it's really, that's really what it comes It's truly to. that mm-hmm. simple. Who is going to score the mm-hmm. most points for me? Sometimes you can have a, a roster where you have four strong running backs yeah. or maybe three strong ones and a good replacement, yeah. and you feel comfortable putting those four running backs in there, and you're like, let's yeah. go. You know, mm-hmm. let's ride. Other times you can have a roster where you have your Dalvin Cook, your 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 James Robinson from last year, and then you just have these these receivers that you don't know which one is going to hit but mm-hmm. all of them have the potential to just go off, yeah. you know, like your digs, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to sit digs and play David Johnson, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I recall having that same issue, you know, the 2019 season. You know, I don't remember the exact team, but I remember I had wide receivers like John Brown and Terry McLaurin. Uh, and if you don't remember, John Brown had a season uh, in 2019. Was that with the Ravens? Uh, I forget, you know. Or maybe forget. it was the Bills. I think it was the Ravens, but yeah. I hear you. But and Terry McLaurin was, you know, not really a, a, a household name in right. 2019. Rookie, so, third round pick. Yeah, and then I had Allen Robinson. I had Michael Thomas on that team. So that was the year we were on all that Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I we had a lot. I had some tough decisions in terms of like which wide receivers I was going to play right. uh, that year. But like you said, yeah, I mean. And I think, you know, you brought up a good point about, you know, the attrition factor that, you know, that plays into the uh, NFL because I was almost forced to start tight end in my flex. And I, and I did start a tight end. Well, that is like, actually exactly what I was going to end <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. I think I prefer yeah. if I have the right tight ends yeah. in the FFPC format, yeah. I think I might prefer if my tight ends were in this. Because, yeah. because for me, I don't draft tight ends high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I have a tight end that's worthy enough to play in my flex, yeah. that means that was a luxury pick. Yeah. Which means my other roster spots are probably pretty solid. Yeah. If I feel like I can put my tight ends in my flex, including the tight end spot, 
and still succeed, yeah. I feel like that's going to be a very strong, oh, yeah, strong, strong team. Absolutely. You know? Um, now, obviously, if I'm taking tight ends early, like three, four tight ends, I'm sorry, not four, but two or three tight ends in the first five rounds, then most likely the rest of my roster spots are not as strong, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, probably not. Yeah. But if I build my team the way I typically like to build my team, and I'm, if I take a tight end early, great. But my other tight ends are probably going to be later picks, and they're still good enough to play in my flex. That is going to be a damn good team. Yeah, you know. So yeah. uh, again, for me, it's it's any position, yeah. any position. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's a it's a week by week proposition for me because you know we talk a lot about drafting and you know uh, and sort of kind of our approach uh, to team build and team construction. But there's just so much more that got, that goes in as far as season long management. Start I know, man. Fits. We should write a book, bro. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> we can do one of those books where you just talk and it records the whole thing. Nobody wants to know. Hey, I can talk, but, but I ain't gonna write. Yeah, it, I know. So. You, yeah, you can write a novel. Yeah, yeah you I, can, I write, can talk. Just, yeah, just put yeah, it in front volumes. of me. You probably have ten volumes out <laughs> in a month. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so like for me, you know. Week 15 is going to look very different than week 16, which is going to look very different than week 17. Oh, we didn't even mention. There might be teams that sit their players near the end of the season, not just for that last week of the season, but maybe the, the second to the last week of the season. Like, yeah. we just have no idea how teams extra are game. They may this. lock up. I mean, this just yeah. – And, there's, again, there's a lot of variables, so, 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 so we don't know. But there's just a lot that you have to take into account. I mean, you're really going to have to manage your team By the way, this year. don't forget – COVID is still out there. We might still have players that cannot play because they have to sit due to COVID restrictions. Mm. People we, are still drafting only one QB? No. It, it, you, you, saw, <laughs> you saw what COVID did to us last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. FFPC literally had to change yeah. FFPC yeah. literally had to change the waiver rules mm-hmm. to where waivers, yeah. instead of running Wednesday and Friday, it started to run Wednesday and Sunday. And I think that changed that like two or three oh, times man. during the season. Yeah, so, so, so please painful. don't forget COVID is out there. Take into account. I'm not trying to get political any way, shape, or form here. Just know that it could affect the season or your your fantasy roster in some way, yeah. shape, or form. So be yeah, prepared. Closer towards the season, we're going to be finding out uh, who's vaccinated and who's not. Who has to adhere to a certain protocol and who doesn't? Uh, and uh, it's going to be. Are they going to release that information, we, or it's going to be like a HIPAA? I, you know, I'm, it I'm might not. Be a HIPAA violation, I'm not quite honestly. sure, but I, I feel like that's going to be something that's going to be very, very difficult to hide. You know, I think maybe. Uh, yeah, you're probably right because about they, that. They, they, there are certain provisions that are put in place for uh, or certain rules, right? So it's going to be it's gonna definitely be publicated somewhere, so somebody's are. going to know. So that, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right so right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. And then obviously, certain players have certain stances. Uh, on the uh, vaccinations and, and whatnot, so right. we'll see. So now y'all got me thinking because of my infamous auto draft team. I have Noah Fant and I also have Mark Andrews, and so now I'm thinking about maybe I should put Mark Andrews in oh, the flex so, position. So when you have multiple, I'm gonna speak on this because I have this. I have this one team that I just love, and I just feel like I truly, you know, uh, was fortunate in terms of how the, the board fell to me. Mm-hmm. I was drafting out of the three spot, and I ended up going Kelsey because I feel like it's very tough to get Kelsey these days if you don't have that three spot. He typically goes there in most FFPC drafts, again, which is a tight end premium league. Mm-hmm. So, Have we spoke on tight end premium in the past? Uh, yeah, We've talked we about okay, it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, coming back around in the second round, you know, my thought is that, I okay, I drafted a tight end this early. I need to start hammering running backs. I need to, like, wait on 
quarterbacks and ideally wide receivers if I can. But Kittle falls to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so my first thought is like, uh, man, I, we talked about Kittle. You know, mm-hmm. we're not huge, huge fans of Kittle, but he's still going to be, you know, top end target mm-hmm. leader in that offense. Okay, and he's still a beast. And he's still a beast. I like, I like athletic big. Tight yeah, ends. and he's yeah. still a beast. So I was like, okay, he's obviously fell way, way past ADP, and I'm thinking to myself again, we kind of we'll have different topics, you know, when it comes to okay, trying to you know differentiate your team from the rest of the field. But I figured to myself, okay, how many Kelsey Kittle teams are there really out there? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm drafting multiple teams. It's not my typical build, so let me get Kittle. So now I said, I, I really got a hammer running back. I cannot draft another quarterback, right? right? right. So Another tight end, you y- mean. Yeah, or definitely not another tight end. If yeah. I can't draft another tight end or another quarterback, you know, for like another 10 rounds or something yeah. like that. So I got, you know, Kelsey Kittle start. So, you know, round three comes back, and I just, you know, take the best running back off the board. It ends up being DeAndre Swift. It felt very fortunate, okay, even at that, you know, uh, 303 to, to, to get him. Uh, obviously, we need him to kind of hit, but he's you know number one running back, so I'm I'm fine with that. So round four Maybe. comes around, yeah, round four comes around. I'm like, oh, I just need a running back. I mean, I may have to settle, you know, uh, you know, am I gonna have to like reach for a Mike Davis? You know, I'm just you know I'm <laughs> dreading this whole you know. Hopefully, Miles Sanders who has been like free falling down boards lately. Nope, uh, I think Mike Davis goes. Miles Sanders obviously goes. Chris Carson's gone, and, and not to necessarily expect the Carson or those guys to fall, but you know, you we, we hope. So Mahomes falls. So we've talked about stacking in the past, and you know, I'm not into drafting Mahomes, but he's you know fallen late into the fourth round. I do have Kelsey, so now I start thinking to myself, okay, how many teams have a Kelsey Kittle Mahomes team? Mm-hmm. And the and I knew that there wasn't at this point. I'm just looking at the running backs, and I'm like, you know what. I'm 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 out. Okay, I'm not gonna like sacrifice my team by reaching mm-hmm. on a running back that that's gonna have a lot of issues. So I go ahead and get Mahomes. Okay, because I figure there's probably not a lot of teams that have Kelsey Kittle and Mahomes. And Mahomes. Yeah. And then I got DeAndre Swift again. The team's gonna hinge on hinge on DeAndre Swift. So fifth round comes around, and again in my mind I'm thinking I, I got my tier wide receivers. And I'm just like as long as I get and I got one guy that's just like he's at the top of the tier. But as long as I get somebody in that tier, I'm gonna be happy with. You know, be fine with. Well, Mike Evans falls. Hmm. So now I have Kelsey Kittle, and you take yes, Mike Swift, Evans. Mahomes, Mahomes, and I have Mike Evans. Okay, so fifth I got round. yeah okay. fifth nice. round. So now sixth round comes around. Okay, I'm like all right. I need to. I mean, hopefully some running back. Maybe I'll you know maybe it's a Chase Edmonds. Right, right. You know. Uh, Trey Sermon, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a re, you know, I'll, I'll take Trey Sermon there. Those guys are gone, so uh, <laughs> falls to me. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Can we edit this? I remember. <laughs> I, I remember. Can we talk about this right now? Now, now yeah, I remember. So this falls okay. to me, okay. So, yeah. so now I take. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go through the entire draft, but you know, I, I, everybody's going to now try to copy this exact draft. No, no it's not. <laughs> right. they, they're going to try to copy that exact. I'm not saying pick, that this team is amazing, but pick what I, for pick. But the reason the reason that I brought up this team is because you would you would think that okay, Kelsey is my tight end mm-hmm. or Kittle's my tight end. No, Kelsey and Kittle are my flex flex spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Is my tight end one, mm-hmm. and so I think if you can kind of if like getting back to your point, like if you if you hit on tight end, whether mm-hmm. it's early or late, or early and late, or just late, you hit on multiple tight ends. Yeah, if they perform and they outperform, because if you go look at you know a healthy Kittle mm-hmm. and obviously a healthy Kelsey and how they perform against the field, 
I'm basically killing people at their flexes. Yeah. yeah. And if plays, you know, yeah. does what, you know, uh, breaks out, then I'm, you know, I'm at least at par with the rest See, of the field. Yeah. So I think if you kind of think about it like that, from that standpoint, like, you know, you can, like you said, getting back to, okay, who do you want, who do you want in your flex? Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, it might be tight end the more we talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, because it could be anything. Because here's yeah, the crazy maybe. thing about tight end with a tight end premium um, format. Your tight end can have like a, a basic, you know, simple, non spectacular game. Six mm-hmm. for 70. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And put up crazy numbers. Six for 50. I don't want to say yeah. crazy, yeah, six but have 50. like a good yeah. game compared to any other position. Yeah, six for 50. So, gets so, you like 15 so points. take right. that and now put the potential of the tight end actually having a good game. Oh, mm-hmm. and we're seeing these re- these receiving tight ends. They it's can put up monsters. Like 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 monsters. he doesn't have to mm-hmm. go crazy. Yeah, and he'll put up good numbers. What if he went crazy? Yeah, yeah. and that was like, my thought with was starting Logan Thomas and George Kittle last year. Right, and that was not a traditional bill for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that was not a traditional bill. I had a I did have a a, a season a, a team last year where I drafted. Uh, I think I want to say three tight ends, like with my first six pick, mm-hmm. uh, and I was. I had the same excitement, mm-hmm. but those tight ends did not hit. They were like Mark <laughs> Andrews, Zach Ertz, and then I forget, you know, someone else. Uh, and I think George Kittle. And George Kittle was injured most of the right. season. Right. So, and, and, also, and also the problem with that is if you do that type of build where you pick these tight ends early, you have to hit on your later picks somewhere. You have like to, you have to you have, have to. Yeah. a good mm-hmm. enough draft where you're able to fill in the holes um, because the the well uh, dries up very quickly yeah. in those other positions. You yeah, know, I think I, I think I ended up. Uh, I have David Johnson. Uh, and y'all can laugh about David Johnson all you want. Go to no, I just, no, no, I just no, need no. him to start off for the first you know the first few weeks, and then I can fit, kind of figure out what my running back. And right. then I have a lot of uh, I think younger running backs and some potential running backs. That can fill that spot, I think, later in the season. Of yeah. course, I'll hear waiver wires. They're so. about to do this exact same draft when they get in their next FFPC. <laughs> Abby did it. Shh. We about to do it too. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did this in 2020 and it failed. So I'm not, not necessarily the year to do that. So I like to end the pod with a pick em, a ranking, if you will. Give me a name. If Mahomes is not our number one quarterback, if he's not QB1, then who is? I Dio, like this question. go first. Yeah. If he's if not my, number one, if Mahomes is? is not number one, and I, I thank you for letting me go first because mm-hmm. I think he might steal my pick. <laughs> but if Mahomes is not number one, I feel like the quarterback that will become number one this season will be Lamar Jackson. Okay, all right. I think we've okay, kind of like we were saying with Michael Thomas, we've seen Lamar Jackson do it. Mm-hmm. You know, not even too long ago, two years ago, Lamar Jackson. And I don't know if he was the number one quarterback. I think he might have been, but he was way up there. He was the MVP of the league. Um, oh, yeah, he was number one. Yeah, he was number one. You know, number, number one quarterback, one. MVP of the league. He had a great season while still learning the quarterback position. No experience. Um, and, you know, he, he, he runs better than running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not even talking about just a running quarterback. We're talking about a running back that's cold that also plays quarterback. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so bad man. It's a bad man. So if if he can do and, and another thing about last season is last season was a down year for the Ravens. They yeah. they struggled. They they were even struggling just to make it to the playoffs, you know? I don't recall what exactly hindered them from being as success as successful as they've been in the past. Um 
But regardless of the reasoning, I I do believe this season they've surrounded Lamar Jackson with a lot of things that could improve his game, specifically in the passing game. They added Bateman, who was a great, great prospect. Now, people are a little sour on him now only because he went to the Ravens, but if he was to have gone to any other team with any suitable passing quarterback, Bateman might be one of the higher prospects, kind of how Jamar Chase is being taken in the fourth, fifth round. Bateman kind of might be somewhere around that area, kind of like the Devontae Smith area. Um, they, They brought in Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins has not been great, but Sammy Watkins has the pedigree. He has the experience. Um, Sammy Watkins is not being put in a position where they need him to be the main guy. They just need him to be one of the guys. And when you have a guy that in the past has been been, been positioned in a place where the people want him to be the main guy and they disappointed, and then you put him in a situation where he no longer has those type of expectations, they typically succeed because the talent was always there. It was not about talent. He's still fast. He still has the hands. Again, he still has the pedigree. He just, for some reason, was disappointing, whether it's doing the injuries or something happened. You still have Hollywood there, who is still young. Hollywood mm-hmm. was the number one wide receiver draft in his draft class. I think he was the Blitnikoff winner in college from Oklahoma. Um, and we saw at the end of the season last year, Hollywood actually was playing well. They might have some Hollywood. They might have brought in some other pieces. I can't recall right now. I do know they still have Duvernay there from last year, who's going to be a Watkins. little bit better. I, I mentioned Sammy Watkins. They yeah. drafted another guy, um, Tylen Wallace. Mm-hmm. So, so they've surrounded him with pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, you would think, I mean, you know how we've spoken on J.K. Dobbins before, but just just another year in the NFL, he should be a little bit better. And if they incorporate him into the passing game, and those are numbers for Lamar as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All these things right here are basically showing us that, okay, so we've seen Lamar ceiling. Let's say last year was his floor, and he still had a great season last year. Mm-hmm. Now, with all these improvements, and again, with fantasy football, you have to have some conviction. You have to, have, you have to, to some extent, believe. You know, you don't take players that you think are going to have bad seasons. Yeah. You know, you, you actually feel like your players are going to be successful. If Lamar Jackson is successful, I think he could be the number one quarterback in all of fantasy. All right, A.B., you up. Man, you took my player, man. See, I told you. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> the one Appreciate time you want to go first. See? <laughs> See how we trying to steal my thunder? <laughs> all right, all right. So, I can't, like, I can't say Lamar. There's so. another guy I'm sure you, you probably yeah, want to Yeah, so the on. other guy, the other guy is Kyler Murray. Yeah. Okay. I expected that. And, I, you know, for me, you know, depending on the day of the week, depending on the time, depending on if I had breakfast, I had coffee. I may go Lamar. I may go Kyler. You know, so to me, this kind of goes back and forth. I definitely probably more so lean Lamar. But Kyler, so I'm going to start off with my reservations with him as not being the number one. Okay. He suffered a shoulder injury, I believe, last year. And after he had that injury, we saw a significant dip in his production. Mm -hmm. And I'm not worried about the injury. Okay. I think that the injury is largely what accounted for his dip in production as opposed to NFL defenses just kind of catching up to them. I don't think that he was a very good quarterback. If we rewind back to 2020, 
we were high on Deshaun Watson. And you can call it a homer in me or not, but I, I just kept you know, hammering home the point that Deshaun Watson is a better NFL quarterback, and I felt was also a better, you know, fancy, but is a better NFL quarterback than Kyler Murray. And obviously, you know, given how, you know, how late we could draft Watson versus Murray, I wanted to go Watson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the knocks on Murray to me are, okay, you know, he's small, and so if, if he gets injured, you know, that's going to probably knock down his production. Two, the injury may be something that's stuck in his mind and Cliff Kingsbury's mind as far as, okay, maybe we don't want him running as much. And three is how good of NFL quarterback is he? How good an offense really is this? You know, we know that they're fast paced. We know they like to throw the ball, but how really how good an offense is, it, is this? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've already said that this is my pick and I've just <laughs> kind of given a bunch of reasons why, you know, you, you know, you may not even want to consider drafting him now, but these are the reasons now to draft him. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a bad man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the, best, inter- I the mean, best high school quarterback in Texas history, bro. I've heard that a number. Of times. It's not, it's not yeah. even like a this man is Bruce Lee. He's literally he Bruce Lee. It, it's funny because that's obviously one of his like idols. He is literally Bruce Lee on the football field in terms mm-hmm. of, his quick twitch movement, you know, his speed, his vision from a running standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, just superb. He, he's untouchable. I drafted, you know, I remember just watching NFL, and I had zero Kyler Murray last year. I was completely wrong on that pick. Uh, and I had some, you know, Kenyon Drake last year. And I just remember watching games and thinking to myself, like, Please, somebody put a spot on Kyler Murray so he can stop just running, just walking into the end zone, end zone at you know? will. Just walking into yeah. the end zone at will. With yeah. the ball, with the ball, with the ball yeah. Like just, yeah. He was literally walking into the end zone at will. And yeah. teams knew it, okay? Yeah. So yeah. I don't see, I don't really see a significant yeah. dip in that. You know, maybe we see a little bit of regression, mm-hmm. but I, I still think that's well, you know, because these were scheme plays and then he just has that ability to be able to break a 30, 40 yard run for a TD. Right. So, the rushing upside is significant, and the rushing TD upside to really become that number one overall, I think, is very significant. That's why we right. saw Josh Allen and then Lamar the year before that make that significant rise. Him improving as a quarterback, another year in the system, okay? And when he's the type of player that, for him, ending the season the way that he did, not making the fantasy playoffs, I think took a significant The real hit. playoffs, you mean? Yeah, the real playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking fancy. Yeah, I ain't get my owners into the yeah. playoffs. Dang. <laughs> but yeah, not making not making the NFL playoffs. Like you can just tell he's a, and I'm big into this. Like he's you can tell he is the type of player that is really going to go back and figure out what can he do to get better. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he's been a winner all his life. Yeah, honestly. so High I mean, school, college, I, exactly. So I don't necessarily see him regressing as a passer. To me, he's only he only has room for improvement. So I will bank on the potential upside that he improves as a passer. Because right. I think if he does that, I think that can unlock a significant amount of his game. Right. Because that's going to even make it even more easier for him to run. Right. Then we get to the acquisitions on offense. So number one, having DeAndre Hopkins another year, okay, again, being able to build that rapport, that's only going to help, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Christian Kirk, obviously. They brought in AJ Green. Don't sleep on AJ. Okay, Green. Okay, exactly. Don't People, I mean, I know Green. it's I know it's fun to hate on AJ Green. I know he hasn't done anything since two thousand nine. You know, jokingly, but I know he hadn't done anything in a while. But he is still a veteran wide receiver. Okay, mm-hmm. 
And in, in this offense, he's not going to be asked to carry the load. Yeah. Okay? He's just going to be asked to run routes mm-hmm. and catch the ball. And I think this sort of kind of new home, this new beginning is going to rejuvenate him, not from to a standpoint of where he's going to be, you know, seeing 100-plus targets and be the A.J. Green of old, but to a standpoint of where he's going to be a nice little safety blanket right. and a receiver that this Cardinals offense really hasn't had in the past right, right, to rely right. on. They've had a lot of young guys that Cliff Kingsbury has been trying to really, you know, uh, shuttle in these rookie wide receivers and these guys that just really haven't been able to fulfill that role. And now we get to my last point. And this is really what puts it over the edge for me. Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. Okay. To me, he is my favorite rookie wide receiver. Okay. Not from a standpoint of, okay, you know, I think he's going to produce the most or the, but I just, I love what he brings to a football team. I think he can be schemed in so many ways that after two to three weeks of NFL defenses watching Carolina, or watching the uh, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, offensive film, they are going to have to sit back and say, "We need to account for this player." Mm-hmm. And when defenses have to start doing for that, doing that, it opens up the field for every everyone else. And I think if it were me, I'm lining him up all over the field. But I think he's that one guy that the Cardinals have not had that can provide for that short area and intermediate intermediate area, area you know, quick pass that can provide significant yards after the carry, that right. yet, that is significantly needed. And I think that is going to help propel uh, Murray's game to that next level. So for me, that would be my, that would be my second choice. So a few things, just to add on to what you were saying, yeah. uh, just speak on a few things. Number one, Rondell, I agree. Talent-wise, Rondell is, is crazy talent-wise. The only, the only thing that gives me slight pause is just his injury history. He has been hurt. The last two seasons, yeah. that actually might be the biggest reason why his draft stock was as low as. And it they're was. different injuries. These are not like the same injuries. He didn't have right. like a chronic knee or right. anything. He had like an hamstring injury, and I think he had like a hand yeah. injury. So, so these are very different. And these, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it. He's he's Tyreek Hill. Okay, he's not Tyreek Hill. Oh, wow, but he's not Tyreek Hill. That's but he's is. but he 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 got that like Tyreek Hill in him. And you know, I, you you don't hear me throw out comps. Man. Nah, right, right, right. You don't. Right. I don't throw out comps very so, often. But when I say Tyreek Hill, I mean it from a standpoint of if you're an opposing DB and you're lined up against Rondell Moore, you're backing up. Right. You're saying okay, you can have that five to ten yards, and yeah. then after he catches that five to ten yards, you are praying, saying, "Please, God, somebody, That's please send tackle. some help. Right. Send right. me some help." Please don't let this man break my ankles. So, I mean, it's video game out there for for so, so that's so that's Rondell Mill. As far as AJ Green, I I do want people to remember that AJ Green for a long time in Cincinnati was having a a dispute with the front office with his contract. They franchised uh-huh. him, I think, twice. Good point. Uh, and both times he was very disgruntled. You know, we even heard rumors as far as him wanting to be traded or sent to a different team. I think that does kind of knock a player's motivation to some extent. And who's uh, his best friend? I don't know who's best friend. His best friend on the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, literally, I think they were, like, best men in each other's Dalton. wedding. or Yes, oh, Andy Dalton. There you go. There like, you go. they went to church together. Like, these these were these guys were close. So, so motivation-wise, I do think there was a knock there to some extent. He's yeah. still a big guy. He, he's still fast. Um, he could still get open. I think his biggest issue last year was he wasn't catching the ball. He was getting a yeah. lot of targets, but he just literally wasn't catching. I don't feel like wide receivers lose the ability to catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I feel feel like there was something else going on there. Um, now that he's finally gone, I think they gave him a fairly okay contract. 
um, I, I, I don't want people to just ignore him. He's, yeah. he's the same age as Julio. People still feel like Julio, mm. with the same injury concerns, yeah. can be what Julio is. Yeah. Don't just disregard A.J. Green because now he's not the guy. Um, as far as Kyler, and I'm not saying I want to put much weight on this, but I do know I did see a quote recently where I think he mentioned that he feels like he probably ran a little bit too much last year, mm-hmm. and he feels like he should have an offense where he shouldn't have to run as much. And I think he mentioned that that might have been part of the reason he got hurt, which also was part of the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. Um, I don't know what that means. You know, I love. I, I heard that same quote, okay. and immediately, you know what it made me think of? Deshaun Watson. Because mm-hmm. he had a very, very similar quote last year. Okay. Where he wanted to improve as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And I think when you improve as an NFL quarterback, running be- becomes easier. Okay. Running yeah. lanes yeah. become easier. Yeah. You know? So when teams have to now not just defend against you running, but they also have to defend not just the, you know, the short routes, but the entire field. Yeah. yeah. When the entire field I is agree. open. I think that really, you know, that really expands your game, and that's really where you can excel. Because remember, what Kyler has always lacked in is that passing TDs. Mm-hmm. He can compile a lot of yardage, mm-hmm. both through the air, but specifically on the ground, and then obviously with the rushing TDs. But he's always lacked in the passing TD standpoint. Right, right. So right. I think, you know, I think this is an area where we could really see him exceed. So, I'm, you know, again, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, okay, you know, let's hope he takes that next level. But even if he doesn't, I mean, it's not like he's going to He has a good you. floor regardless. Yeah, he has an mm-hmm. excellent floor. Can I, can I mention one quarterback? Go ahead. Total sleeper. Like, I'm not even saying Please this. Please don't steal mine. Go ahead. I'm not. What? You, I'm not. Oh, you have one. Oh, okay, 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 go ahead. I'm saying Justin okay. Herbert. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm saying hey, Justin Herbert. Listen. That's what I'm talking about. Listen. Oh, freshman. Listen. That's what I'm talking about. Listen. He comes in. Wait, are we talking about the target Yes, He comes in as a rookie quarterback. Yeah. He's thrown in. He throws for 4,300 yards, yeah. 31 touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. <laughs> Listen, don't be surprised if Justin Herbert is our quarterback hey, one. You, you know yeah, I can go gonna, in on that. You we're we're going to talk Chargers yeah. on another podcast. I, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to uh, let you have your thunder. But you yeah, know I'm going to let you have your thunder. I'm not going to say anything. Can I just speak on my, sleep, my, my sleeper guy? Just, he's not Good. even like a guy that I feel like is going to be one of the top quarterbacks. Don't, don't mention this guy. I got man. to. That's <laughs> what I got. Good, good, I don't want to put it on. Do it. Put it on tape. Look, we had a good pod. Hey, look, you know? look, look. We enjoyed ourselves. Y'all, y'all the first time look, back look. in a while, we in person. <laughs> look. You want to end like this. Okay. Don't ignore this guy in Washington by the name of Taylor Hinkie, man. Oh, oh my God. That's all I'm saying. Oh the guy, gosh. go back and watch that playoff game against the Bucks. Oh the same God. Bucks that, to some extent, shut down Aaron Rodgers, shut down. Drew Brees and shut down um, Patrick Mahomes. Go watch Taylor Hinkie how he played that game, man. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not even gonna get too deep into it. Maybe sometime in the future we can get get deep into it. But um, no, 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 don't no, no, sleep no. On my In boy. the future we won't get it into <laughs> Taylor Hinkie. We specifically boy. cut that I, I, that topic for this. Episode. I don't think Fitzpatrick is <laughs> gonna play that full season. So when Hinkie gets his his turn. Just pay attention. Oh, so that means, 
you know, the values of T Mac and Kurt Chris, Samuel. Yeah, they're going to go up. They, oh, they're, they're going to go up. They're going to go up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh that's my what I'm saying. God. That's what I'm saying. All right. We can listen, edit. Man, listen, listen. That's a beautiful thing. We can edit this out. We did, this doesn't need I to make it. I have a two week year old kid. Listen. I have a two week year old kid that's up. Congratulations. Congratulations. My baby niece. We, we thought you yes, left the yes. podcast. We thought you quit no, or something like princess. that. So. No, people have been DMing me thinking that, like, y'all fired me from yeah, the podcast. Yeah. So they were like, we we're going to roll this too deep. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Right. The show yeah, must need, go on. We needed you. Yeah. They, saw, they saw what was put out without you. So, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Listen, though. Congratulations. I appreciate the DMs. And this man over here was, was uh, on the other side of the globe and stuff. Which yeah, is you're why in Croatia. We drop something. Oh yeah, we could, yeah, we we couldn't, we could. Well, we we tried, but uh, I mean, my man, my man said, "Oh yeah, I was in Croatia." He said, "Oh yeah," like he forgot. He just like, "Oh yeah, I was in Croatia." You know, right, just right. a little man, trip. Trust, so, it, was, it was a much needed vacation. I saw yachts. Yeah, yachts and everything. Right. It wasn't but, my yacht, but we, but we back, we back now. So we had to. Yeah, we drop a little no, no more vacations for, for a while. No more vacations so for a while. Right. Apologize for the tardiness, yeah, but you know. Yeah. I mean, but good you know. pod today, guys. Good pod yeah. tonight, yes, uh, sir. Yes, sir. This is first and fifteen. Again, this is episode six. Thank you guys for listening. We out. Thank you. All right.